listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Oh, my Footy Talk, Journo's edition, Danny Widler, what's doing? Yeah, we'll be talking about how rumours start. Oh, that's, that's a big, big topic. <laughs> Michael? We're going to get into the dragons, unleash the dragon. Good luck. Gee, you sound pumped about it. <laughs> Welcome to Footy Talk, the Journo's edition, Adam Peacock alongside Michael Chambers. How are you, mate? Very well, Adam. How are you? Good. Good. Off to Ibiza, I see, once again. <laughs> you can't, uh, you if can't you're listening to this, you can't joke. see it, but he's dressed like he is 22 and ready for a good weekend. Well, it's better than dressing like Bandage Bear over there. He's, look at Danny Widler. He's got more strapping than Nigel Plum in his heyday. Daddy, how are you? Uh, hello, Adam. Nice to see you. <laughs> What's and, wrong with you? And Michael? I'm not talking to the Chihuahua. Honestly, what's wrong yep, with you? Yep, 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 yep. Bite, bite, bite. He's telling me yep, a story yep, before bite, we came, bite, on, yep, came yep, on air yep, 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 about yep, how he bite, fell bite, over bite. and he's all grazed now. He's got all these bandages all over him. You know you're getting old when you fall over and you can't brace for impact. Are you sure you didn't push me, Michael? That's the beginning of the end. No, no, I wouldn't you do sure that. You I just knife me? you in the back. Yeah. <laughs> That's my style. Like, like a few of your other people around town. <laughs> Jeez, and imagine if you two work for the opposing <laughs> organisations. <laughs> well, you know, I love Danny. I love Danny. But sort you of. can't deny it. You're getting old if you fall and you can't brace for impact. True or not true? I was carrying a lot of things, Michael. At least yeah. he's embracing his age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, not just <laughs> yeah, like a 12-year-old. Yeah, right? Hey, guys, rugby league talk. Let's get into it. Uh, Anthony Griffin told he'll have to reapply. Now, as Brent Reid, a friend of the stable here at Listener, um, outlined, it's not like he has to rock up to the Dragons' next board meeting with his resume and two references and, you know, his driver's licence for the 100 points and all that. He, it, it, It's not a proper reapplication, but he's been told that the job's open again and um, he's in consideration. That's what I understand. Is that your information? Does yeah. it run deeper than that? Well, this is a great story that Michael actually – broke. Um, and I think that he'll probably give us a, an insight to it, but the reapply is an interesting terminology. I don't know whether, uh, that's a, a Chamis ism or if, <laughs> if it's come out of the dragons or whether he's, he's decided to write it like that. But, uh, clearly, you know, Anthony Griffin, I think I, I was stunned. He was reappointed to start with, hmm. and they said they were going to do this for stability at the dragons. How's that going? Like <laughs> three yeah. weeks in, Two games in, they haven't looked too bad, and they say, "Okay, Hook, your your job is you know, up for grabs." Uh, Michael, you obviously know more about it because you broke that story. Yeah, look, the reapply part—he's reapplying through performances. It's the results that'll be his application. It won't be a formal sit. They know what they need to know about Anthony Griffin, and the reality is there are concerns there around the way things have gone. If he goes and wins five of his first seven games, then. He's he's in the box seat. If he doesn't, at least the Dragons have done their homework, though, to work out what they're going to do next. Because the last time they got in this situation and they moved Paul McGregor on, they didn't have a backup plan. They thought, mm. oh, well, let's go try and get crazy. But this is Give rubbish, it. mate. This is like, what why, it's rubbish? No, why wouldn't they have just, if they're re- getting him to reapply after three weeks, right? No, they did it. They actually spoke to him before their first game. The week they had the buy okay. round one. Right, so they talked to him a couple of weeks before the comp, saying, "Listen, your job's up for grabs. Why re-sign him?" Well, I don't disagree with you. I, I Why re-sign? What time to is- move him on was last year. They didn't do that. Okay, we. Know, I think that was the wrong call. They get to this point though, and I think they've made the right decision now because you know what it's like. Yeah, yeah. Look, they 
What's better, backstabbing but, him? But or they, go but they and start to talk the roles behind his back, and then mm. he finds out because someone like you ruins it and breaks the story. Yeah, or you, or you. No, I wouldn't do that to them. But, but I just find it fascinating that they they said, "Oh, we got to sign hook up for stability." There's no stability, and they haven't looked that bad on the field. And now we're going to be dealing with this uh, innuendo: Is it going to be Jason Rolls? Is it going to be Ben Hornby? Is it going to be whoever for the job? And it's going to it's totally. It's totally destabilised the club. Deal with it anyway. It would be happening anyway. Yeah. At eighteen all, last week with not much time left against Brisbane, is your story coming out a couple of days later? Well, there was a board meeting that day. There was a scheduled board meeting on that Tuesday. Mm. That's all I'll say to you. And I, I think. Well, I think they told Hook uh, about this five weeks ago, right? That's what. That's what I, I was told. They told him five they, weeks. They ago. told him the week of the the Dragons had the buy in round one. Mm-hmm. That week. They, they told him that. I thought so it was that, before that. No, my understanding of the situation that I was told it was okay. leading into the season. So why yeah, does it take two game. weeks for the story to come out? Like what what, what are the machinations behind this? Tell the listeners out there no, how a story like that bubbles away. Where no. I got it from. But Anthony Griffin was obviously given the information before their first game. And then there was a scheduled board meeting on Tuesday, which is when we broke the story. Okay. How much of this is now putting heat on uh, the board and the CEO? Because there's heat on them already. To no, be fair. But, but I mean, like it's all being directed on Griffin at the moment, right? And he's got to perform. What about the performance of the board and the CEO? Surely they're under pressure. Uh, this is we get to this point in rugby league so often. Our fans start bagging the board, and what are they going to do? Walk away? Like seriously? But they they gave him this initial the, the start again. They they tr- so what happened was at the start of last season they triggered a one year option in yep. his contract to remain as coach in 2023. At the time, I thought it was the right call. As long as they were able to realise. Yeah, I did. I think, you know what? It's the illusion of stability. It's the recruitment. We're We've given talked Griffin. about this before, the illusion. Yeah. Okay. So they gave that illusion of stability. But who were they Who were they, who are they tricking? Work, and it didn't work last year. They should have been then said, you know what? We got this wrong. It's not. He's not our man. Pay mm. him his 475000 which is the payout, the 12-month mm. payout. He's Because he's one of the lowest paid coaches in the NRL, Anthony Griffin. Mm. They should have paid him out and moved on. They haven't. Now they've got to this point. I, I think they've made the right call for the where they are now. They shouldn't have been at this point. Mm. You're right. They mm. shouldn't have been. But for where they are, tell the bloke, be honest. You talk about driving a culture of honesty and integrity. What does it say to your players if you're then going behind the coach's back and start interviewing Jason Rolls or Ben Hornby and then they've and then it gets out in the press? You want to set the culture from the, the leadership starts at the top. Set the culture. We're being honest with the coach. We're telling you right now. And he would know. As, as if he doesn't know he's under pressure. He's off contract. Mm. He's off contract. How is he... Sorry, yeah. how has he taken all of this? Because he's a pretty straight up and down kind of guy. He, he if he's honest, <laughs> if he needs to be honest about something, he doesn't hold himself back. Anthony what? Griffin, he he will go to a player and say, "You're not in my plans," or you, you he'll be straight up with him. What about when the reverse is happening? Has he had his heel- feelings hurt by all of this? Or? Well, I've spoken to Anthony Griffin about it, oh, but judging by the way the team's played the first two weeks, he's handled it pretty well because they haven't been they haven't been bad. They're just patches in in those games where they didn't perform. But they're not playing like a team who doesn't like the coach. Well, let's see now what happens. Yeah. And and to be fair, if you're a player and you throw in the towel now, you do your chances of staying at that club no good Especially whatsoever. this weekend. Anthony Griffin's got every right to say to the Dragons, take this job and stick it. No, why? What has he done? Well, he, How does he, he, he's, but he's got the right to do it. Well, would you do that with a $500,000 payday? You know, his, problem, where his problem is he's not going to be in demand. Well, exactly. So and why would you why then go and do that? signed him up. Last year, but in his right, I can imagine as a proud individual, 
he's got probably he's probably got that feeling but inside. He hasn't earned the right for the club to actually give him an ex- or wait twenty weeks and jeopardize the future but of the organisation just to make sure they don't hurt Anthony Griffin's feelings. I've been speaking to people at the Dragons, mm. and there is a feeling that there is one side of well, there's a feeling that some people at that club have deliberately put this story out there um, in order to look better for themselves rather than the coach looking good. So they, they're looking after themselves by having this story out there because there's pressure on the board and the boss. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think, I don't think you can deny the pressure on Anthony Griffin. I, oh, I'm not, I'm not trying to deny it. No. Have, have they got a ready made, he's our guy back up? I think they have an idea of, everyone's talking about Jason Riles. It's, it's sort of what, it was like with Cameron Sorrello 12 to 18 months ago. We're all hearing he's the next best thing. Mm. And I think the Dragons are hearing the same thing. But they want to hear it for them. They want to hear more than just what people are talking about. They want to find out why Michael. is Jason Riles the right man for the job. Speak to the people who have worked with him. Speak to people that that know what he's like as a coach. They might, might find out that he's not the kind of guy we need. His strengths aren't what we need as a club. It may be someone like a Shane Flanagan. But the club at least is in a position to make the right call. They may come to the end of this and think, the person out there is actually in our door, in, within our doors, and that's Anthony Griffin. I doubt that's the case, but at least they're doing their homework. Michael. Honestly, waiting around twenty mm. to make that decision is dumb. Yeah. Okay. If you're Jason Riles and you're the next big thing in coaching, and you're looking at the Dragons and you're going, "Well, that's a basket case. Do I want to jump into that as a? If I'm the next big thing and I'm going to have jobs offered to me, like for instance the Melbourne job. I mean, if I'm looking at Melbourne or the Dragons, Melbourne. Yeah, which club? Yeah. Which club can do you I, go to? I'm, can I say this though? I, I I don't know if I'm the only one who feels this way. What is there to achieve by going to Melbourne? Oh, it's you, a hard job. Yeah, it's a hard job. <laughs> You're following in probably the greatest coach of the modern era, and the achievements of that club have been unbelievable. I said on the show a few weeks ago, probably the best uh, sporting team in this country for what they've achieved in the last twenty. You years. might you, you might achieve some longevity because at the Dragons, if you're suddenly going worse than Hook, then you're going to have people like you. Hammering you. Yeah, but if Jason Riles goes well at Melbourne, it's uh, it's because of what Craig Bellamy built. It'll always be what Craig Bellamy built. I think there's a challenge in Melbourne, like batting like batting after a coaching Bradman. There, there is a challenge in doing that well. Well, it happened at Manchester United when yeah, Sir Alex well. Ferguson worked away. And it was the, it's now known in, in football circles as the David Moyes effect because mm-hmm. poor old David Moyes came in and within eight months he was gone because he, he – it turned into a bit of a disaster. They finished seventh after all the success after Sir Alex Ferguson. It mm. took him a decade. It's, to it's, turn it's it like coaching after Wayne Bennett as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, you've got to you've got to do that as well. So, so if he goes and turns the dragons around, that's far more. I, I don't know. As a as a person, a sure, achievement. that's yeah. far more satisfying. There's a lot of pressure, and you know, there's a lot of heat. I think there's less heat in going to Melbourne. He lives there. He's he's played for the club. Yeah. I just think the satisfaction and the actual end result of actually turning that dragons team into the powerhouse and that club that it should be. Far more rewarding than going to Melbourne and continuing what someone else has built. Now, Danny, you were nearly in the dock this huh. week again. Well, so this Jared Hayne case, which is it's on its third lap, is it? Mm-hmm. After I, I feel so sorry for all involved, notably the uh, the the young the woman victim, yeah. involved. It's yeah. like far out. She has to go through it all over again. But it, how did you get tangled up in this? So it's a long story, um, and this has been going on for quite a while. Um, so I initially broke the Jared Hayne story. Hmm. Uh, the way it came to me was um, a member of um, the young lady's family contacted me um, after he found out what had happened. He didn't know for a little while because I think she was keeping it very much to herself. Uh, he contacted me 
basically, you know, I guess they were desperate. They didn't know what to do. He he was angry about what he heard. He being the family member. Yeah, the, yep. being the family member. Yeah, uh, was angry about what he heard and uh, what it what had is alleged to have taken place. And, I, and that's been out there in all of the mm. media for so, for quite some time now. Um, and they contacted me and said, "Look, here's a story for you. Basically, like this is what what do we do? What's going on? I think this is." More than a story, this is something that you're going to have to deal with in a with authorities far greater than a, a journalist. Mm. Uh, I said my recommendation was to try and you know seek out police help because it was you know it was a serious allegation that I was hearing about. Uh, and the the family member explained to me that um, she was too afraid and too not didn't feel she was able to go to the police. And so I just suggested, well. I know someone at the NRL who's uh, very um, trustworthy and a, a good person, Karen Murphy, mm. who was then the head of, or was, was in the integrity unit. Mm. I wasn't the head of it, but was in part of it. And I said, perhaps you should try and speak to, to her for some guidance um, because I think this is a, a serious matter that would require, I think that you've got to go through the, the right channels basically. Mm. Um, and uh, that, so you held on, you didn't break the story at that stage? No, I didn't. I said, I'm not going to uh, mention it to anyone. Mm. Um, I think you've got to deal with this in a uh, in a proper manner. Uh, and then you can, you know, if it becomes, if it suddenly becomes something that would be of, in the public eye, I want to know about it. Mm. Uh, and they went um, to Karen Murphy. She, I think, spent um, considerable time with the family. The result was that police became involved. Yeah. Um, and that's when I became re-engaged with the situation, uh, and was able to do the, do the story because by then police were looking at this matter seriously. Yeah. So we're not going to go over the, the ground no. that's now been covered in front of the courts again, cause that's stay right out of that. Let the, the, the court of law in Australia handle what it needs to handle again. But when that happens from a journalistic point of view, your journalistic instincts say, this is a, I know this is a massive story, but your human empathy has to come and play a part in some way. How many times do you find yourself spiking your own stories or holding on to a story because it's, it's it happens, bigger than just yeah. getting your byline in the paper? It happens. And I, I think that this was uh, an instance where I, I felt like it was bigger than a, just a, a story. You mm. know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it's a real life situation that needed uh, proper treatment and proper examination, um, and needed, you know, the law to be involved in some capacity. Um, but yeah, it does happen. It does happen a fair bit and, um, maybe not to this extent. I mean, there are stories that are uh, many stories that have, you know, you don't, you are unable to bring out to the public. Mm. Um, and some of them are because they're too sensitive or some of them because it could have repercussions for other people. Personal that, lives and yeah, all that. yeah. Um, and you've got it's a really fine line, and but often like people will come to you with all sorts of situations, hmm. and you have to know how to deal with those. I mean, I often say that in in this job, we're dealing with people uh, a lot of the time in their very best best times, in their then their greatest achievements and their highest emotions, and some really crappy times and really bad situations and. You get both uh, pretty regularly. Michael, do you find that sometimes you have had to hold on to stories and uh, make that judgment? And it, like Danny says, you, you don't want to cross the line and it's a fine line. And sometimes you 
the line moves yeah. depending on the situation. Well, and sometimes your your hands are tied legally as well. Is in you know you can't just go out there and write or say whatever you want because there are legal ramifications, defamatory reasons that you can't do. I, I still remember when Josh Reynolds actually came to me when he went through what he did with his uh, former partner. Um, that's been well publicised. Mm. How he was scammed and um, mm. lied to about uh, multiple pregnancies, uh, but legally at the time he was facing charges, um, was it domestic violence charges at the time? Mm. Um, and it was a difficult situation. I sort of left the NRL who, 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 where I was working at the time. I was in between jobs. In the end, they ended up going to, to Neil Breen. Uh, and, and Neil Breen did a fantastic story for Channel 9 at the time and highlighted by speaking to her family the the, the lengths that she went to to get scam Josh Reynolds for mm. a lot of money uh, and a lot of heartache as well, what he went through. And that all came to light. And he was, in the end, allowed to play and he was cleared of any wrongdoing. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, it's really difficult as well that if somebody comes to you with a story like that, um, or, or like, you know, like my Michael's talking about, and you are unable to bring it to, you know, to the public light, they get disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they like, they feel like, oh, why did I, you know, you, you feel like you've let people down as well in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, but again, you have to examine each story carefully and you have to get, both sides like, like Breenie did. And mm. I remember trying to get in touch with Jared Hayne over that stuff. And, you know, obviously not a, not a lot of luck in terms of positive responses, but you, you, you have to be really careful, uh, and you have to guard your, you know, or guard your credibility, uh, cause you got to check out that it's right. Uh, and then, yeah, it, but it can, you can, you can feel like you let people down if you are una- unable to help them in that way with, with a story. Yeah, a, a lot of people who listen to this obviously consume rugby league in different ways and, and the news and everything. So that's just a, a bit of a background to how stories break and, and not everything is in the public domain because it doesn't deserve to be in the public domain. And conversely, it's not like um, these two gents that I'm talking to today go into the uh, you know leagues clubs bins and find out what exactly is going on <laughs> and things like that. I can't or, speak for Danny, but yeah. Although you were <laughs> sighted across near the Taj Mahal <laughs> yeah. on Tuesday, yeah. Michael, the dragons, but no, in all honesty, that's a, just a bit of a background about how it works in, in the news cycle in rugby league, but we're off to a quick break on footy talk back in a moment. Oh, Mitchell Moses on the run down again for a change. <laughs> and we're going to praise. Yes. You heard me correctly. We're going to praise the West Tigers. <laughs> Mitchell Moses still in the news. Fair enough, as we sit here right now, para 0-3, playing another team off the bye. I'm not talking about Mitchell Moses again. <laughs> to I'm be. not doing Is it. he talking to you yet? I'm not doing it. I'm not talking, talking about to him, let alone to him. 0-4 maybe after the Penrith game. I've got a little sneaky little feeling that they'll aim up against Penrith and, and come away with the result. Off, Yeah, but anyway, that's by the bye. The story is that uh, Mitchell Moses, so it's either the West Tigers offer, which is bigger than the para offer, which is very, very good, but it's still dragging on a little. Then out of nowhere... Comes this little rumor, drops out of the sky early in the week that the Roosters are involved. And then Nick Politis comes out a day later and says, No, 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 that's not true. And you believe Nick, don't you, when he comes out and says something like that? Yeah, we'll talk about it, I guess, um, at length about the response to all that. But uh, do yeah. we, I mean, do we, are we going to get an explanation of how it all happened at all? Or? Yeah, well, let's hear from Paul Kent, who was on NRL 360 with a bit more background. He just has to get the rumour out there that the Roosters are interested, okay? You tell enough people, eventually us knuckleheads mm. in the media hear of it, right? But in the meantime... Once we hear of it, 
right? Somebody mm. at some point, which I did last night, will put it out there, okay? Mm. Now, once that happens, it gets back to Parramatta. Parramatta is suddenly on the hook now because they're sitting there, they've been waiting for this kid to sign. Mm. They're wondering what's going on. Obviously, there's terms there that Mitchell Moses is trying to get Parramatta to put into the contract that aren't already there that he wants mm. in there. So what he is doing is he sits there and he just sits there, and to your point about just sitting back, reeling it back in, what he does, <laughs> he just sits there and waits for it all to go around the circle and then it gets to... They ring up his manager and they say, mate, what's this about the Roosters? I can't confirm or deny. Mm. No one, he started the rumour or mm. someone now in or around him started the rumour yeah. and then what ends up happening, it becomes, it's, it doesn't even have to be real, it has to be the appearance of real. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay, that's a little uh, <laughs> that's a little rugby league news cycle 101 there from Paul Kent in a very robust manner on NRL 360. It sounds around the mark how it, Look, how it all yeah, operates. Well, Kent, he's been around the block for a a million years and you know, yeah. he, he knows, he gives an explanation of how things happen. That's roughly how things can happen. Uh, I I didn't hear the rumour directly. I, I heard it only when Paul brought it up on uh, his show 360. I was immediately interested because well, that's an interesting story because, mm. you know, Luke Keary's future, what's going on with Luke Keary and do they need another half? You know, have they got a, they got 1.2, they can just slip under the sombrero somewhere. <laughs> so I, um, I contacted Nick Politis and said, hey, listen, um, here you're going to sign Mitchell Moses. What's going on? Is that how you approached it? Yeah. Is that the question? Of, with a little bit of, uh, yeah. With a- so you go really direct. Instead of saying, oh, any truth to these rumours, it's, oh, I heard you're going to sign Mitchell so, Moses. So, and Nick's in, Nick's in Greece uh, at the moment. Yep. I think he flew out after he watched his team beat South and he was uh, very happy about that, you can imagine. <laughs> As you'd imagine. Um, and... <laughs> He texted me back uh, eventually and um, he said, uh, no way, no way, it's Simple. not happening. Uh, and then he said, um, I've just talked to Robbo, uh, we have no interest, um, he's going to tell our halves that it's all incorrect. Yeah. He was pretty adamant that was totally incorrect. Mm. And to me, uh, you know, if, you, if you scratch the surface a little bit on it, um, I know the Roosters did have interest in Mitchell Moses a few years ago and they weren't impressed with how negotiations went. Uh, I think the last time he was off contract. So I don't think they were interested because of that in the past. Plus, they've got a pretty handy guy called Joey Manu who could play six quite happily if mm. and when uh, Luke Keery decides he's had enough. And Luke Keery, by the way, played really well last week, so mm. in his headgear. Um, so I think that, They've got a they've got a backup plan in Joey Manu. Uh, should things go south with Luke Keary and Joey Manu is a player who probably deserves uh, a greater role in that club and deserves more money. So mm. I think that he's a, a a way bigger priority than Mitchell Moses. And the other thing about Mitchell Moses is that he's managed by Isaac Moses, and the Roosters have a um, what I would call a an edgy relationship edgy. with okay. with Isaac. And the, I think their view is that probably the less they have to do with that situation, the better. When's it going to get done? Seriously. You know, you know what's funny, Danny? What? Oh, here we go. <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, I'm not going to name names because you're going to keep pressing me, so don't even bother asking. But a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking to someone at a club about Mitchell Moses. And they were frustrated with what was going on the sale, mate. Which club? I'm not going to. Did I just tell you not to <laughs> ask me about where or what or who? Just stay out of it. Let me t- tell my story. Sorry, I wasn't you listening. Your, you had your five minutes to tell your I story. I wasn't listening. Anyway, this person said, let's start a rumor. Let's say 
Let's see how long it what? takes. Let's see how long it takes for it to get out that that Mitchell Moses and the, the Roosters are trying to get Mitchell Moses. And I just laughed. I said, yeah, look, you know, go with it. See, let's see. So this club or this person decided to continue the, the narrative about Mitchell Moses and the Roosters. That was a couple of weeks ago. Through social media or? No, no, I just think word of mouth. So on Monday night, I'm sitting there at home getting the kids' lunches ready for school and I get a text message late at night. Do you do the day before pack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's impressive. Sometimes Sorry. if I'm feeling good. Yeah. And uh, I get a text message about Mitchell Moses and the Roosters. I start laughing. It's only taken a couple of weeks. So I've called my work the next morning. I said, listen, if there's rumors doing the rounds about Mitchell Moses and the Roosters, just stay away because it's all been, it's just a big joke. That <laughs> night, it ended up on 360. Now, how's Nick going to react to this when he mm. hears? Well, I, I, look, I'm not saying that Isaac didn't hear it along the way and then decided that this is a great way to uh, Did, continue the, the, the narrative around his client. Could have put out the fire, but decided, you know what, I'm staying warm with yeah, this. Yeah, well, so. I'm sure that's what happened. But it started... Mm. by a club thinking it'd be funny to see if anyone would take the bait. Wow. Also, there's another one which went around this week that often often um, journalists will get a text message that has been sent to a few journos around the place. Um, and there was one about Justin Pascoe um, going to be uh, leaving the club or sacked mm. or moving on, uh, which I received. Um, and I think that made it onto some social site somewhere. Yeah. Um, I, and I spoke, I know that like Justin Pascoe, uh, is someone who I think you've got a reasonable relationship I got, with. I got a 928 text message from Danny Widler. Call me. True story. Yeah. Really. And I said, look, PM you, or have, you, PM. Oh, have, yeah. have you heard anything about, you know, yeah. big change of the Tigers, Pascoe? And I think you were able to get, get to the Yeah. I called a few people at the club. I spoke to Justin that night. There was, from what I can tell, there is nothing in it, uh, at all. So you spoke directly with Justin? Yeah, I spoke to Justin about mm. it. He was laughing. I spoke to people Well, why was he laughing board. about us or about the way well, the well, Tigers are going? Or? The fact that there was suggestion that he was about to go. If he was about to go, he knew nothing about it. Either did people on the board that I spoke to. So unless I'm getting lied to, but it looks like the Tigers won't get their wish. Tigers fans, Justin's going to be around a little bit longer. But Adam, that's how things can get circulated as well. Yeah. Like journalists get copied in with, you know, or, or someone, someone will of, who you know who's usually a reasonably um, good source will we'll say, well, here's, here's a message I've been sent and, you know, it can, you can get information that way as well. What were you doing awake at 9.30? You normally sleep at like 7 o'clock. I think I was watching maths or something. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> this guy sleeps earlier than everyone, anyone I've ever met. Okay. He's the worst to do a tour with, honestly. <laughs> or the best. I, I can be, I'm, we're like the a best. 20, we're mate, like we dinner we, plan. Sorry, mate, I've got to go to bed. We could be like No a, wonder you're falling over down the stairs. We could be like a uh, 24-7 news service because you can be up all night. I'll, I'll, I'll take the yeah, early exactly. hours, you yeah, know, the 3 a.m. onwards. Two shifts. Yeah. Just on the West Tigers, though, I'd like to praise them. And that sounds like a sentence that hasn't been said in a very long time. <laughs> no, it hasn't. <laughs> the West Tigers. But uh, myself and also Michael have um, young children with juvenile arthritis and West Tigers this week because it's juvenile arthritis week, uh, March 18 to 25. Um, it's trying to raise awareness about a, a disease in young kids. That's not a lot known about it. Michael, I'm sure you were the same when your child got diagnosed. It's like, what? Children can get arthritis and it affects my daughter greatly and, and your young one as well, different variations of it. But there's upwards of about 10,000 children in Australia with this disease, but they're not quite sure because the, the funding around research into it, around um, services, medical services around it are so low that they're trying to raise awareness and the West Tigers have got behind it. Their uh, JAFA, Juvenile Arthritis Foundation of Australia, 
is the West Tigers' charity partner this week. Um, it's an away game in Melbourne, but they've latched onto it because it's Juvenile Arthritis Week. So shout out to the West Tigers. They're doing some good in the community and they do do a lot of good with their community um, charity partners. Yeah, they do. I still remember ringing Adam actually when my daughter was first diagnosed because I'd heard that Adam and his daughter had struggled with it over the previous couple of years and just having knowing people that have been through that journey and it's a horrible, horrible disease. Like you, you can't even, my daughter was 11 months at the time and couldn't even change a nappy without her screaming in agony. And then you had, you know, she'd be asleep at night and couldn't roll over. You'd have to go and physically roll over. So the struggles that these kids go through uh, is quite real. And the fact that the Tigers are getting behind it, it's obviously close to your heart, close to mine, and it's, it's great to see. So hopefully they get a win in Melbourne this yeah, week. Look, and, and clubs and individual players do deserve a lot deserve a lot of praise. Like we concentrate yeah. on things that, you know, we're interested in, but things like you know, when they're involved in this sort of cause, it's fantastic. And they do a lot of good work that we don't see mm. and we don't really report on. So, yeah, that's I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah, cheers, Danny. And you, you got the nice invite by um, Gus to head out to a, a community <laughs> event with the yeah, Bulldogs look, yesterday as look, well. That's that's all about rebuilding the dogs and all about, you know, grassroots. And obviously uh, people won't like to hear this, but Gus Gould did a great job at Penrith in creating their pathways and helping them to become the club they are today. And he's he's putting a the best plan possible he can to do the same for the Bulldogs. And he's the 30-man the, the squad is going to visit uh, various uh, junior schools and uh, junior clubs, rather, mm. uh, over the next you know, six months and do this across the board. And that was their first stop with the Greenacre Tigers. You know how you mentioned the other week about Gus blocking journos numbers? Oh, yes. Well, I haven't called him since you informed me that some journos were blocked. Yes. Guess who's not blocked? You're alive, are you? I'm alive. Well, he didn't answer, but it rang. He didn't call me back, but it rang. Are you sure you're not blocked? Well, I wasn't blocked then. He probably went. Are you sure you're not blocked? On Twitter, I am. Oh, but okay. the mobile phone, I could ring him. No, you got the worst response. Oh, I reckon it's worse than getting blocked. He's seen the number come up, and sometimes oh, you can do it, it when you know when you're watching them from afar or something like that. They work through, and they basically one step short of just throwing their phone as far as they can when they see that name pop up. <laughs> I knew he wasn't going to answer. That's okay. <laughs> you might be back. You reckon? Yeah. No, you'll be white answering me with him. Is your man. I don't need to white ant you with Gus. <laughs> Can I promise you? <laughs> Talking of issues between two human beings, Corey Horsburgh, Royce Hunt. <laughs> it kicked off late in the game between Cronulla and Canberra on Sunday uh, evening, which is a damn good watch. A lot of stress involved, a lot of tension. It was a, an exciting finish to that game. But, um, yeah, in the, the preceding days, it's it's gone on a bit. I've never seen a front row high behind a halfback, though. <laughs> 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 you know, you can't just hold me in and push me over and not expect anything. Um, it's a bit upset about that, uh, but, you know, it is what it is. It's rugby league. We'll get on with it and bash it next game. You think it's that was poor form? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, as Ricky Shield says, he's a weak gut of dog, but <laughs> we'll, um, we'll get him next game. Wow, Royce uh, Hunt, and great follow-up question there from Emma been, Lawrence. She's been well. to the Danny Widler School of Questioning. <laughs> Why is everything bad blamed on me? Well, the week before with David Clemmer, she's just oh. been watching you, watching video, doing sessions. Are you are you proposing we have an award each week, the Danny Widler Shitster Award? Yes, George Clark got one. Now Emma Clark's got one. Emma <laughs> Clark, Emma Lawrence. Emma Lawrence. Emma, sorry, Emma Lawrence. <laughs> sorry, Tommy. <laughs> but you know what? It would have only been better if he just said weak gutted dog person. He forgot the person. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's a big, what is a weak 
gutted dog, Michael. I love the sledge. It's, I'm, well, ne- I, I'm, not, I'm not condoning I'd never heard it before. I'd never heard it either. Ricky just made it up. There, a weak gutted there, dog person. There's a bit of background to this. Though. Look, I'm, yeah. Immediate background. I'm not talking about the history between the players. The journos at that media conference uh, t- got a tip off from a player that they should ask. Uh, Mr. Hunt about the oh, yes. so Royce was a little fiery about it yeah, in and, the uh, rooms because yes, I don't, bus I don't and, think they were going. I think he was the last person they were speaking to in their in their uh, allotted media slot, yeah. and I don't think they had a lot of <laughs> questions for him. But they got a little uh, heads up from a player to say, "Hey, listen, just ask him a couple of questions about the big red." Um, <laughs> Rock Corey. And he so, posted last night a photo oh, of Royce Hunt, the baby. One of the great comebacks of all time. Didn't have to say anything either. The meme with um, Corey holding Royce as a little child. Wow. To say, I'm sure Royce could find a photo of Corey Horsburgh crying as he's on his oh. way off the field. That would be a good retaliation. But wow, Are you encouraging this sort of I behavior? love this stuff. Yeah. This is fantastic. I'm, I'm all about this. This is interesting, isn't it? It's respectfully juvenile. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it is so good. It's a bit like talking to Michael most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know what? And, and apparently the Sharks tried to get uh, tra- asked very politely if they could not be the centre of attention that night. Good luck. Yeah, I think I think a text message went, went around and um, – I know that uh, Emma Lawrence replied to it when um, when they were asked whether what part it was going to play in the in the news. She said it's going to lead. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, headline guys for the weekend. So oh, generally speaking, when we get to Monday, it's all about Sunday's games. So the last game of the weekend mm. is the the derby between Dragons and, oh. and Sharks. So that could be a possibility. But I mean, I can't go past in terms of a headline act. It's it's Brisbane and Dolphins, and yes. I reckon the Bronx are going to establish themselves as a competition pace setter in the first half of the season by not doing a number on the Dolphins, mm. but getting past them. And their big players. I've been so impressed with Reese Walsh. I can't wait to see him play again because in open space, I don't think there's many better rugby league players to watch at the moment and that guy is fantastic. So you're going to give us a headline or? Um, yeah, what is that headline? That's a long headline. It won't fit in yeah. the paper. Reese is the word, all of that. You know, yes, yeah. thank you. Reese is the word. <laughs> Done. Danny Wilder. I've actually, I haven't thought of it. I, I, don't, I only deal in facts, not make believe. So over oh, yeah. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's what right. everyone on social media says. Over to you, Michael. Stories. <laughs> uh, Tiger beats Storm, I think, this that's, weekend. That's a very exciting wow. headline. <laughs> yeah, well, Sorry, it's better than your f- no headline. You got a blank oh, piece as of As I paper. said, I'm I'm dealing in facts, not make believe. Wake em, the wake up call. Oh, that's yeah, good. Is, is like that, that what you want? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good for you. Okay, there you go. No, I'm not giving nothing. you one. nothing. Nothing. So nothing. Warriors, dogs, Knights, Raiders. No, no, no. On Sunday, I'll let you geniuses deal with that. That's all right. We'll just see him on Monday when he comes in with his ice packs all over his body because he's <laughs> falling down the stairs. At could you? Where do you live again? I don't even know where you live. Some mansion in the beach. Whatever the case, gents, enjoy footy on the weekend. See you, Adam.